You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program already in progress. It's hour two on this Wednesday. If you missed the interview with Bubba Wallace, you can go to danpatrick.com. We spent about uh, 12 to 15 minutes with him. I still have some questions. It feels like NASCAR and the FBI have wrapped up their investigation, and now the sport moves on to Pocono. I, I'll move on when I feel like we've got some answers. We reached out to the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps. He's unavailable. Is he unavailable forever, Todd? How does that work? I'm hopeful not forever. Okay. Today we will not hear from him, but okay. uh, maybe tomorrow or as soon as he's willing to come on. Okay. You know, we found out that Bubba Wallace had not been in his garage the entire week. They said due to COVID-19, he stayed in his motorhome. He did not go in there. His crew guys, crew members, didn't want to tell him. But they wanted to tell NASCAR officials. NASCAR officials then contacted Bubba Wallace when he was at dinner Sunday night. He thought he was in trouble. And Steve Phelps says, I want to talk to you in person. Then he finds out that they found a noose uh, that was used as a garage door pole or a pole rope that was tied unintentionally in a slipknot. It has to be one of two here. But, uh, you know... Bubba's now being uh, accused of perpetrating a hoax, and um, he looked exhausted. And that's why I said, are, are you able to handle this? Because, and he doesn't even know how this is going to affect him. He just, he looked tired. He was giving the same answers he's been giving, you know, probably the last 24 hours. And then, you know, I, I wanted to kind of shake it up a little bit just so I could get details here and find out exactly what he knew when he found out and uh, the reaction to that. And does he think the investigation's over? feels like there's something else that's there. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe there's not. But, uh, and maybe I'm guilty. I didn't ask enough questions because NASCAR said it's a noose. I didn't know if it was attached to anything. I don't know how your team goes in and out and nobody notices it, and then somebody notices it on Sunday. I'm curious about that. Other doors, other garage doors have this. I was told, yeah, there are a few, and then Bubba said no. We looked, and there aren't other doors that have this kind of rope, this noose slip knot attached to it. So just asking questions, trying to apply some logic here and get some facts. Uh, But Bubba Wallace... You know, he didn't bring this up. NASCAR brought it up and then mentioned it to him what had happened. And I think it's unfair to say that he is perpetrating a hoax. He can he can tell you what he sees when he sees this. There is the possibility. I mean, you know, he's being called an opportunist. I, I guess there's the possibility. I mean, I have to be objective with this and look at this. But when NASCAR and the FBI say it's a noose, I take them at their word it's a noose. And that, that's all that I brought up. I had questions. I don't have sources in NASCAR. Because I've been accused of, well, why didn't you have your uh, sources? I, don't, I never said I had sources in NASCAR. I, I know Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. I don't, I don't think they had any inside info there. All right. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. We'll talk some baseball coming up. I think we're having baseball. 
you know, you had this time frame where you probably thought, gosh, baseball is going to take advantage of this and get a three-week head start on the NBA. Right now, they're going to get about a four or five-day head start on the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, Avery Bradley is not going to report to the bubble. He uh, has a child, a young child, who I believe is six, who has respiratory issues. And he's a good role player for the Lakers. I don't think that they run the risk of, they're up five games on the Clippers. Now, you don't have home court advantage, but, you know, you're just looking at the seeding here. So you have no home court advantage and you've lost Avery Bradley. And you start to look at the matchups here. So let's say the Lakers would play Memphis. You've got a lot of these teams that are kind of bunched up in there with the Jazz, although the Jazz are under man. Uh, Oklahoma City is going to be dangerous. The Rockets dangerous. Dallas is dangerous. They all have 40 wins. So it's not the first round matchup, maybe, as much as that second round matchup when you're not going to have Avery Bradley, who, you know, he's going to give you 25 minutes a night. And a lot of this is going to be about depth. Guys getting in shape. How in shape are they? You know, maybe the, the team that's in the best shape is going to be, you know, the team to keep an eye on. You know, who's been working out? The Lakers have been working out privately. But, you know, are, are the Blazers going to sneak in there? Um, you know, the Pelicans going to get in there? You know, then you might have an interesting first-round matchup for the Lakers. But the second-round matchup would probably be where it really gets interesting. Yes, McLovin? Feels like there's a lot of luck, like who's going to have coronavirus, yeah. who's uh, – you mentioned the injuries. That's going to be a big thing, too, so – some teams are going to get super easy draws by accident, and some will get harder ones. Well, we mentioned this yesterday that uh, you know Djokovic had this tennis event, and you know all everybody at the tennis event tested positive, and then the Joker shows up and he tests positive for the coronavirus. So now he's quarantined for fourteen days. So we're just getting started here, and then I see where the Lakers might look at, according to Woj. Free agent guard J.R. Smith out of the NBA for two years. He's emerged as the leading candidate to replace Avery Bradley. Sources tell ESPN. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Yes. That's got interesting. J.R., the gift that keeps on giving. He's 34 years of age, and uh, he's been working out with the Lakers. Uh, yes, Eaton. So they've been playing. You know how like every channel is playing old games? And they're going back through all of these old games with J.R. Smith playing in the finals. Mm. And I think, or just going through playoff games that were great, I think we grossly underappreciated how humorous that dude was <laughs> oh. while he was going through it. Because if you watch just that he hits a three and all of a sudden he's like blowing the smoke off the guns and like doing all this. He's hilarious. <laughs> But some of it is intentional and some of it's unintentional. But it's all funny. He it doesn't matter. He wasn't funny when uh, he had the clock malfunction. Nobody was, <laughs> hey, JR, you're funny. Well, for some people, some people weren't laughing. Yeah. Other people definitely was, were. Yeah, LeBron was not. Yeah, Paul. It's like that old line, fool me once. LeBron bringing back J.R. Smith. <laughs> he, does he know what's going on? Is that someone told LeBron that he's about to bring J.R. Smith back? It's like. <laughs> the Red Sox didn't bring Buckner back to play first in 92. They, it seems like a, a crazy thought. Paul George was on the Knuckleheads podcast. And I don't know. I guess he was asked why he wanted out of Indiana. And uh, he actually gave a little bit more information here. This is courtesy of Knuckleheads podcast. 
I ain't gonna say the names because I'm gonna keep their business private. I'm gonna just say it like this. I had at the time the best power forward saying he wanted to come to Indy and team up with me. They like, we don't, we are, we are mid-major. We're a small market. Like, we can't do it. We're a small market. We can't afford that. I'm like, the best power forward wants to come play here. Like, y'all can't make that work. They didn't want to do it. So I'm like, wow. now I'm pissed because it's like, what What am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to win. I got the best power forward that want to come play here. Like, not everybody choose Indy to come play at. This this dude wanted to come play here. They didn't want to do it. I'm like, they don't get it. I call my agent like, man, get me up out of here. They don't want to win. Well, was he coming there for a cheaper price, Paul? I mean, I'm just curious. How much money was Anthony Davis, maybe, going to cost you there? Yeah, McLovin. The people reporting candidates include Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and Kevin Love. All right, well, Kevin Love wasn't the best power forward. You could say Blake Griffin. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is not the best power forward. So You might have said him back. I mean, he has those big numbers. Mm, just because he says he's the best power forward, that doesn't mean the guy actually was the no, best power forward. Yeah, it, it certainly helps your argument there of why you wanted to get out of Indy. I feel like, forget that, Paul George has a lot of pressure on him right now. Now, why did he want to get out of Oklahoma City? Yeah. Did they not want to build a winner or they were small market or whatever his logic is? There is a little bit of pressure on Paul George because we know Kawhi can deliver. He has. We don't know how Paul George is going to do on the big stage. And it feels like Paul George, the importance of Paul George to the Clippers' success in the postseason – I don't think can be – well, I, I don't know if you can overreact or overexpect, or, but, I, but I think the expectations, they're, I don't know if they're high or not, but they are for me because I think Paul George has to be great if the Clippers are going to win. We know Kawhi is great. It feels like Kawhi is going to get the blame if the Clippers don't win, not Paul George. But Paul George is a max guy. Paul George makes, you know, he makes serious money there. And I don't know if we look at him the same way as we do some of these other players. He's like sort of, he's, he's the Pippin, but he doesn't have any results that Pippin had. Yeah, McLevin. Doesn't it feel like Lou Williams is the two on that team in a way? Like if there's a big shot in the fourth quarter, I mean, you'd think Lou Williams would have the ball in his hand. I would. I mean, just the way they play. I would like for Lou to have, well, I'd like for Kawhi to have it, but Lou Williams is, you know, he's instant offense. But yeah, Paul George's role is going to be pretty interesting here for the Clips. Pretty interesting. Uh, Looks like we're going to have a baseball season starting July 24th. And a lot of people probably looked at the negotiations like I did and said, this is ridiculous. It's nonsense. 60 games, less than ideal. But I'm going to try to have a positive spin today. Yeah. Someone's got to have a positive spin. I don't know if I have ever heard anybody say, gosh, there's only 162 regular season games. I wish there were more. Now, you probably wanted a little less than that. Maybe you didn't want 60. But here we are with a regular season that will have as much excitement and strategy as we have seen in recent memory. 
So you got managers who are going to have strategy challenges. You're going to probably have closers who are starting games like Tampa has used. How deep is your rotation? Now, I know the World Series champ will have an asterisk. We can all agree on that. But if health conditions allow it and there is a season, it, this is going to be a wild regular season and postseason. And just being able to assemble your staff, um, health concerns with all of this, the fact that, you know, it's American League National League teams facing one another, you know, it's more about region, uh, the DH in both leagues. So I'm being optimistic about Major League Baseball just today, just for this hour. And then I'll go back to being pessimistic after that. Yes, McLevin. How about a poll question? Are you more likely to watch a regular season game or less likely this, uh, this season? Well, I will say this. If Tampa was playing the Marlins and this was just a regular season game at the end of July, I'd go, I'm going to wait for the highlights. But now you're thinking Tampa's going to be one of the favorites because they have such a deep pitching staff. And now I might be a little more curious. With, with only 60 games, now I'm interested in a three-game set between you know, the Angels and the Dodgers, Cardinals-Cubs, Red Sox-Yankees. Oh, Red Sox-Yankees. Yeah, Paul. We have a 30-way tie for first in late July. This is fantastic. <laughs> 30 teams tied for and last. Yeah, McLovin. But it, it, it's so unfair the way these divisions are. The Phillies have to play like the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Nationals, Braves. Like all the good teams are in the East. Not to complain. I'm preemptively complaining. While saying that not to complain. Yes. But it does. It's completely imbalanced. Like these central divisions or whatever are. You're going to have. You're going to have great teams beating off each other in the East. Like the Rays should be a playoff team and they won't. Be. Yeah, but they've added more playoff teams. Oh, yeah. Yes, Fritzy. But beyond the game itself, I'm curious about the peripheral stuff, though. How close are they sitting together in the dugout? Who's accidentally spitting or has sunflower seeds and these new rules and the extra innings with a guy on second bases? So many other things beyond the importance of a game because there's only a 60-game season. That's what I want to see. Well, I don't care if they can spit or scratch or adjust or any of that. I just want them to play. Like I, I, I'm not going to go, those poor guys, they don't get this spit. God. But if it's a Rays-Marlins game, I know for me, I'm more interested to watch the peripheral stuff and the fans and no fans and all these new rules put in place as opposed to who's going to win the Ravens, who's going to win the Rays-Marlins game for the standard. Well, I'm not worried about the individual game, but I do think it's exciting. I think that that with 60 games, it's really interesting that with the strategy. I mean, after a while, you're going to go, oh, there's a National League DH. All right. Oh, we're going to start the 10th inning with a runner at second base. Okay. I'm fine if they just get on the damn field. I don't care if they're playing softball. I don't care if they have a, 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 a an extra outfielder. I don't care. Just play. Yes, Paulie. How many games into the season does a play-by-play man go, that's a third straight walk by Johnson. He's social distancing the strike zone, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that'd be Bob Euchre. Yes. Yeah. That's a Euchre. Yeah. Mm. Yes, McLovin. People are obsessing over the first base holding on of a guy. They're obsessing. Okay. I've been bringing that up yeah. forever saying, okay, how is it I got to sit six feet apart from my teammate, but I get on first base. Now what happens? 
Yes, Todd. Does an umpire step in like a boxing ref pushes two hugging boxers away from each other? What do you do? What do you say if you're seeing something that's uh, against the rules and the protocol that they put in place? How about when the manager comes out to argue, but he can't get in your face? He's got to back away. He's got to be six feet away. He brings out a protective screen. That'd be great. You know, plexiglass, and he's yelling through the plexiglass, pointing. I'm okay with all of this. Just just get him on the field. Just play. That's, that's it. You know, no home court advantage for the Bucks and the Lakers. All right, there's no home court advantage. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's just play. Because we've gotten to the point for the last three months, oh, we're going to start. Oh, they're going to play. Oh, they're not going to start. Oh, they're not going to play. Just play. I'm exhausted. Like, I just want... Something where I can watch and not go, boy, I got to think about how I'm going to approach this tomorrow. I'm going to measure my words here. Oh, what kind of hate tweets and emails will I get? Let's go back to normal here for a little bit. That would be nice. Not that these aren't interesting times, and but emotions run high and sports is about emotion. But I'd love to have the passion of just watching a team play. Yes, McLevin. I say you might not want to open up the internet and all the stories about whether the teams are actually going to play. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. I'm trying because I've been accused of being Danny Downer here. What's poll question we went with? I actually put up, um, are you going to be more excited to watch a regular season game hmm. because of the short schedule? Okay. I, I am. I, I could also put up, are you okay with the new rules uh, starting a guy on second base? Because we all disagree on that one on this side of the class. Well, I don't like it. But then... If this was the regular season with 162 games, I'd be like, why, why are we doing this? It's gimmicky. They, they, they want the games to end sooner. If it goes into extra innings, they just don't want an 18-inning marathon. Then you have to turn around. Because what are they going to do? Is it 60 games in 70 days, McLevin? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really compact. And I, they just don't want to have these longer games, the extra innings. Yeah, Paul. How about the games that end at 10 p.m.? No matter what happens at 10 p.m. when the clock strikes like 10, that. that's the score. So, you know, the team's got you know, up to bat. They're down two. They're trying to keep it moving. The pitcher's stalling. The game ends at 10. But we have one out bases loaded. What do you yeah. mean the game's over? <laughs> Sorry. That's it. 10 o'clock. Dan Patrick's got to go to bed. Drive home carefully. Do we ever complain about the length of – like the last time you ever complained about the length of a football game? College or pro? Because college – Either one. Yes. College, everybody complains every weekend. They go nine hours. They're insane. Maybe I don't read the comments, but it doesn't feel... No one's ever complained about an NFL game being too long. Nobody can complain about baseball taking forever with a 60-game schedule. You can't do that this year. No, you can't, McLovin. (laughs) Everybody... Baseball exists so we can complain about it. That's what its function is. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but then it would be more popular because we have so many people who want to criticize it. Yes, Paul. College football games are quite a bit longer than NFL because their half times are longer. The the clock runs in more situations. But because of that, you have a lot more great comebacks in college football because they don't uh, try to get the game over with. They actually have a chance for a fourth quarter comeback. All right. Phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle with show. If you missed the Bubba Wallace interview from an hour ago, you can go to danpatrick.com and listen to it. And unless I have new information, unless I get some other principles, including the president of NASCAR on, I don't know how we advance it. We discussed it. I have questions. 
I had questions uh, for Bubba. Uh, we got some details from him on this. I don't think this investigation is over. I mean, I would be surprised if, if it's over. Just feels like there's a little bit more attached to this somewhere, somehow. And uh, those details will eventually come out. At least I think there will be more details that come out. Uh, 21 after the hour, Jeff Passan from the Mothership will join us. We'll uh, get his thoughts on this upcoming baseball season and some of the favorites because of the scheduling and pitching staffs. Who's going to be ready to go? Is anybody going to opt out of this? Boy, but I can't imagine what it's going to be like. So for 18 months, these two sides hate each other, are going to have to try to play nice. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, We'll take a break here. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe. Life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our celebrity interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the DP Show app where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. McLevin uh, informs me the Bubba Wallace interview is now up on DanPatrick.com. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Let's bring in Jeff Passan, ESPN Baseball Insider. I'm going to be positive today, Jeff. I'm going to say only nice things about baseball. Can you make the same guarantee? I'm trying to be positive right now because after three months of reporting on something that absolutely did not need to happen, there's a schedule that's set. There are players saying that they're going to go to spring training on July 1st, and everything is rainbows and sprinkles. So I would love to believe that, but there's this, there's this whole COVID thing too. And it scares me that we've gotten to this point now and that all of it can be blown up like that. We call you the debunker here. Whenever, whenever there's news, uh, myself and the Danettes, we call you the debunker because it's usually like, hey, this news came out. What did Passon say? Oh, he debunked it. <laughs> so congratulations. You're the debunker. I have, I, you know, there's uh, Mike Salk and Brock Hewitt are great radio hosts up in Seattle. And they have, a, uh, they have a theme song for me every time I come on. It's a little jingle. And it goes, Jeff Passon. The wet blanket, raining on parades, harsh and buzzes all day. And so, yeah, you, listen, you're, you're not the first to say that. Okay, I am fascinated by first base when the players come back. If I get to first base <laughs> and there's a first baseman there, it's like me with a date in high school. I got to first base. So I got to first base. Now what is the social distancing going? How do they enforce that if I, wanna, if I don't want to take a, too far of a leadoff? Uh, they don't. And and that is the, you know, there's that. There is the catcher and the batter. Like, there are places on the baseball field where people are 
just going to be close to one another. And that is a reality with which the sport has to deal. Um, baseball, in terms of team sports, is probably the friendliest in terms of just natural social distancing. But there are absolutely elements. Tag plays, you know, yeah. guys going and stealing second. Somebody is going to be running over there and is going to be kicking up dirt and is going to take his glove. Of and is going to swipe it wherever that player is. It may be a glove into which he caught hitting someone's face. That's just the reality of the situation, Dan. And if you're going to bring back baseball, you have to live with these, I would term them small risks. I don't think that being outside in most stadiums and standing within a couple of feet of a player is going to necessarily pass an infection back and forth. And, you know, you could have a first base situation where you just have a guy playing off a little bit more, you know, playing behind the back or, or playing in, in bunt situations or, uh, you know, trying to have the infield in. Like there are scenarios where the guys are not going to be close to each other. There are also scenarios where the guys are going to be close to one another. All right. It's been so long since we've actually talked baseball because it's been, you know, back and forth volleying these uh, financial terms here. But now that that's sort of settled for a little while here, explain what the divisions are, are going to look at. And then let's actually start handicapping. I'm positive here. I'm being positive. Let's start handicapping the teams to beat, um, you know, once we start to play. I was going to say, did you see your old partner on the big show giving the percentage chance of the World Series happening this year at a big fat zero? Well, Oberman says there's no World Series this year? None. None. He, he can out wet blanket you any day. <laughs> <laughs> Oberman is on the Mount Rushmore of wet blankets. So, um, okay, let's so, assume. So by, 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 by division, let's just go okay. through the schedule. Okay. Here. 60 games. 40 of them are going to be against divisional opponents. While the schedule is not out yet, I believe it's going to be a one four-game series and a pair of three-game series. Could also be two five-game series just to cut down on travel. I don't think that's the case, though. There are also 20 interleague games against teams in your geographical area, meaning the NL East is playing the AL East, Central playing the Central, West playing the West. Uh, at the end of that, Whoever is in first place goes to the playoffs. You have two wild card teams because there are no expanded playoffs. It's the same format as last year. And at that point, I have no idea if they're going to go to a bubble for the playoffs, if they're going to be potentially traveling cross country. Like there are a lot of those elements that I think still are to be determined. You know, I thought all along we were going to have expanded playoffs here. And then I know. that would have been even better with, you know, this frenetic finish that we're going to have with 60 games and then the number of teams and you get into the playoffs. And all right. So the teams given, you know, the divisions and the matchups here, Jeff, give me one or two favorites and one team that you think will be a, a, maybe a little bit of a surprise or spoiler. Uh, Dodgers are definitely the favorite, I think, in all of baseball this year. I'm, I'm glad we're going to get to see Mookie Betts play in a Dodgers uniform because that would have been truly the most catastrophic trade in recent memory if they had given up Alex Verdugo and Jeter Downs and not gotten a single game out of Mookie Betts. Uh, in the American League, the New York Yankees are favorites, and the fact that James Paxton is back and healthy, the fact that Aaron Judge uh, is seemingly healthy, Aaron Hicks, they're going to be getting back as well. Like They look like they're going to be 
full Death Star operating. And who would be the um, surprise? In terms team? of a surprise. You know, I I love the San Diego Padres individual talent, Dan. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is an absolute superstar. I think Chris Paddock is going to take the leap this year. And the thing that the Padres have is the ability to go down into their farm system and maybe bring up guys who they wouldn't have in a normal year. When you have a short schedule like this, anything can happen. And a bad losing streak is the sort of thing that can wipe you off the map in terms of the playoffs, whereas an 8, 9, 10 game winning streak is sometimes maybe all you need to push you toward that. So a guy like Mackenzie Gore, who's probably the best pitching prospect in baseball and who may not have come up this year, is going to get a chance. And if he's up there in a rotation with Paddock, with Denilson Lamette, uh, you know, Garrett Richards is back. Like they have some arms there and they have the talent, I think, not to be a threat to the Dodgers necessarily, but to certainly play in that wild card field. Uh, the Danettes have a question. Uh, do you, uh, who, who wants to do the honors here, Paulie? Dan, Jeff Passon's on Zoom, and Jeff has this lovely office behind him. Like most people on Zoom that we do interviews with, they have office with their awards and their mm-hmm. memorabilia and so mm-hmm. forth and a bookshelf. Are those fake books behind Jeff Passon? Wouldn't you like to know? I think Top Shelf is phony. Can I show you guys something? <laughs> Here we go. Passing. <laughs> Fake. Fake backdrop. Hold on, hold on. Let me say this. Fake but not so fake that you didn't recognize it immediately. You thought maybe it's kind of fake. No, it's awesome. And the people at ESPN have done a phenomenal job with it. However, I will say this, there will be a real backdrop coming in in the near future. It's it's actually on the opposite, yeah, breaking news, right? It's Wait. on the opposite side of the office right Wait, now. Wait, what We're are you waiting ready. for? You've been in quarantine for, for three months. You got I'm, a performance-enhancing backdrop here. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the records that I have ordered to come in because I don't lose the Rage Against the Machine and the Wu Tang Clan and Weezer and Pink Floyd. I, I don't want to lose that in the backdrop. So I have actual vinyl albums being shipped to me right now. We got to stay on this story. This is this is explosive. Bob Nightingale just called you a fraud. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Peter Gammons is laughing at you. Not with I'm you. okay with that. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Peter, 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 Peter can do whatever he wants. <laughs> okay. Nightingale you got a problem with. Uh, <laughs> I will say the hair looks great. And uh, that's real. That is real. That or is very real. So we assume. So we think that might be performance enhanced as well. You well, know. <laughs> well I, I'm guilty of that as well. <laughs> Once again, stay positive, Jeff. Don't be don't be a debunker here. I listen. I debunk when I need to debunk, and I'm positive when I need to be positive. Right. And this is a pos- This is a positive thing right now. You, you guys give the Danettes credit. You guys scoped out the fake backdrop, called me out on it, and as always. I'm telling you what's real and what's not. Thank you, Jeff. That's Jeff the Debunker Passant.
Yeah, Seton's really proud of himself over there. I like that's a major I, investigation. I, I, I know. I, 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 I see. You know, I, I got passing in front of me on the, the screen. I look over and I see Seton going. I know. Like I can. I can read your lips when you're going. You're back and forth with Paulie. I'm going. What could be so important that you guys are going back and forth? Well, because I'm looking and I'm like, I, and I've noticed this before that I, the records behind him are awesome. And I'm like, oh, see, like Jeff Passan, he, he gets music. Like we could totally hang and, and like have a beer and listen to music and I would, that, I would be all in. And then I started looking a little closer and I could tell the way the light was reflecting off of <laughs> the bookcase where it's supposed to be dark, but there was light there. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's fake. Wow. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really got to the bottom of that one. Hassan always reminds me of Woody from Toy Story, <laughs> but he's not always in a good mood like Woody was from Toy Story because Passon is he's a debunker. He is the wet blanket. Yes, Todd. I'm just glad he wasn't passing aggressive about the okay, fact that it was. A OK, fake faction. I saw the wind up and there's the pitch. That was awesome that you noticed that with the lighting. That's great. And that Jeff was willing to show us how fake it was, and he actually got up and, and shook it to show that it was just a piece of paper. But the mothership is just getting around to giving him a backdrop there? Do they have, like, cut-and-paste eight-by-eight backdrops? We should get a few. We should ask them. I'm going to guess that uh, John Clayton probably had one. Mm. Uh, Johnny Goodtimes. Remember when we – well, I know you guys remember. We kept saying that John Clayton had a ponytail, and it was, it was just a running gag. And, and it was so random where I, you know, because John was thin on top. And then we said, yeah, but he's got a ponytail. And then we would have people who would try to take pictures of Clayton just to keep it going. And then I know that he and his wife weren't happy. They'd be like, will you stop telling people that he has a ponytail? And people were taking pictures of him. And then they do the ESPN commercial about him where, you know, he's listening to Metallica and he, you know, lets his hair down. He's got a damn ponytail. I never heard back from Clayton saying, hey, by the way, thanks for coming up with that idea for uh, one of the great commercials, promos that uh, ESPN ever did. Yeah, Paul. We saw John Clayton at the draft in maybe like 2014. And so Andrew and I are walking around stalking him and taking pictures of him. But <laughs> we'd always put like an arm in the way or something in the way so you couldn't see whether or as you know, hazy you oh, couldn't see. Oh, God. I remember his wife confronted me at a Super Bowl. Will you stop telling people that John has a ponytail? And I said, when I stopped seeing it, she goes, no. Oh, so he got rid of it. So he doesn't have a ponytail. He got rid of it? Yes. Yeah, the uh, like sister conspiracy theory off of the John uh, Clayton's ponytail was that Rachel Nichols has <laughs> tattoo sleeves. She always, she always keeps them covered up. <laughs> Ray, hey, Rachel Nichols is on the show tomorrow. She's got sleeves. Yeah, I, I don't know how we started that either. Not true. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you know, uh, she always has her arms covered up because yeah. she got sleeves. She's got tattoos. tattoos. She's totally sleeved out. <laughs> Not true. Yeah. And then we'd have people taking pictures of her when she'd be on camera when she didn't have long sleeves on. She doesn't have tats. And, I, you know, we would say, oh, yeah, she put uh, the sleeves that look like just regular skin. There's like coverings. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Maybe those are henna tattoos that she's got on. Rachel Nichols is on the program tomorrow, I believe. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Oh, by the way, last season. You know, I'll take a break here. I'll take a break. I got a, I got a stat. I mean, it's not really tease-worthy. Like, if you need to get out of your car to go do something, you can, because I don't want you to be mad where you go, I stayed in my car for that. But if you actually have nothing to do, 
then stick around. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. All right. I mean, it wasn't tease-worthy, but it did sound like a tease. Last season, a total of 59 baseball games went 12 innings or more. So that's 2.4% of all games. Only 1.5% of all games went 13 innings or more. But Major League Baseball, did we, did Passon say that they were going to do that? You start with a runner on second base in the 10th inning, Todd? Because I know we have the DH. I think that's a rule. Okay, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll double check. But, but there's not sure. expanded playoffs. That's, I, I Googled that as he said. It seems like that's the case. Like I got lost in all the rhetoric after a while. I just said, you know what? Wake me up when it's over, and then I'll get ready for the season. Yes, Tom. I know you're excited that the season's back, but that doesn't bother you, this 10th inning rule? I know it may it not does. last forever. Maybe it, it's just a gimmick for this year. I don't know. It does bother me, but if you said they don't play, and, and, or they do play and they have a runner on second base in the 10th inning, I'll take the runner on second base in the 10th inning. You know, right now, I just go out and play. Yeah, McLevin. Is this the same as college football versus the NFL? Like, it's kind of, isn't it similar to the college football rule of overtime where they start at the 25? Yeah, and... a little. Yeah, yeah. But I like Keith Oberman says 0% the World Series is played. <laughs> Never going to happen, DP. <laughs> Never going to happen. You know, DP, 0%. <laughs> wow. What's less than zero, Dan? <laughs> if there was less, I'd take it. I, I'm just trying to be optimistic here, at least for. Uh, a part of today, I'm trying to be optimistic because, I, you know, I've been poking holes through all these other stories and coming back and what's going to happen and when it comes back and all these things. And I, I'm just trying to be optimistic with the NBA and baseball. You got golfers testing positive, another golfer tested positive. I don't Man, these are uncharted Unchartered waters here. Yes, Todd. Another thing about that 10th inning thing with the runner on second, if they think that's going to somehow make it more exciting or to speed up the game, you're going to be looking at a lot of bunts to bring the guy over to third and then hope to get the sacrifice fly. Is that what we want to see? Bunting someone over to third and then a sack flying you in that way? In the yes. Inning? Yes. You want that? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes, Eden. Well, yeah, because what we we sit here and complain about how everybody just wants to hit home runs all the time and yeah. how boring that is. So, yeah, I think what we want is that somebody to you know, move runners, right? I like the fact that there's movement. That Baseball doesn't have any movement. It's I throw it really hard and you swing really hard. That's it. You know, the way baseball used to be played where there was movement, and that's why when you watch a game, you know, it's either you strike out or you hit a home run. I mean, those are the goals, it feels like. But nobody puts, hey, I got to put the ball in play. <laughs> I'm going to hit it to the right side to get you over to third base. Nobody wants to do that. They'd rather just strike out than actually move a runner over to third base. And then these guys are all bringing cheese at 97 miles an hour. And, you know, somebody's arm is actually going to end up at home plate one day. <laughs> like I, do, I think somebody's going to throw about 107. And then one day they just wind up and then the arm comes sliding across home plate. Yes, Paul. It, it does feel like the bunt is gone as well. It, it feels like yeah. it's maybe once a month you see someone bunt one. Hit and run? 
Never happens. Rarely happens. Yes, McLovin. Okay. This is a poly topic. Oh, no. I have Googled. Uncharted has recently become an acceptable use to mean the same thing as uncharted because there were early uses were wrong. And it's in some dictionaries, I consider it a perfectly appropriate way to say the word uncharted is to say uncharted. Because you, you, uh, you kind of were obviously slowed down at that word a minute ago. Uncharted. Yeah, it's uncharted is the right way. But a lot of people say uncharted. I, I think it is supposed to be uncharted. Like there's no chart for what we're getting into. There's no uh, map. And uncharted means they're not having a tour of this area. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's charted. No, I, it's charted. It's definitely charted. <laughs> can I have uncharted? Yes, you can because okay. it's been misused for so long. You can that they have uncharted it. territory. I right, mean, there's right. no chart tours. They said that in slang, the, of Corey and Marion, it can be used as a substitute for uncharted. It's acceptable now Thank in you. a weird way. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate you interrupting me. Yes, you. Well, <laughs> is that like um, that's uncharted territory? Like when people they're chomping at the bit. Yes. Yeah. And it's actually champing at the bit, but everybody says chomping. It is. Yeah. The real saying is champing at the bit. The champing at the bit. But everybody just says chomping, so it's like, ah, well, we'll take that one too. I thought it was for whom the bell tolls, and it's for whom the bell toils. Toils. What? Really? Is that in the book called For Whom the Bell Tolls? I, I've said for whom the bell tolls, but I didn't know if a bell toils. But that really changes the Metallica song too, by the way. For whom the bell toils. <laughs> that wouldn't sound right at all. Yes, Todd. You also got the could of people versus the could have. If we want to talk about grammar. A lot of people say could of, but it's could have. Is this one of those situations where I'm jumping in and it's not really matching what we're talking about? Wait, I need more clarification on this tolls. Is it spelled T-O-L-L but pronounced toil? Is that what you're saying? I, I heard, I would say for whom the bell tolls. Right. And then I have people say, no, it's for whom the bell toils. I think you might be right on this one. I'm right? Well, definitely the book is Tolls. You and Hemingway, I think, are right. Ernie. Ernesto. <laughs> Ernie. Because a, a bell doesn't toil, it tolls. Yes. You don't go through a toil booth. Final hour coming up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave this hour behind. Is that a bell I hear toiling? What? 